From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky the Floor in the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Joining me from the east side of the state, Yalt Yalt himself, the new co-host of the End of the Line Uh-oh. podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> How y'all doing? This is Yalt Yalt, David Ellis. Ooh, what about it there, Rocky? You know, I got a lot of messages. So we recorded a kind of a, this is the new season we're starting on this week. And I added your name to the list of co-hosts in the opening of the podcast. And I got like 10 messages today. Hey, is y'all, y'all really going to be a co-host every week? I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few messages. I want to know like what uh, radio station I was on. I was like, I don't think radio is ready for me. But... <laughs> Oh, man, your your Facebook lives. Let's talk about that for just a second. Because, yeah. you know, we, we, we talk to you every turkey season, and, it, and it's one of the most listened to episodes every time that you've been on here. And I said, y'all, y'all, you, you got the social media down, Pat. Let's just knock, start knocking the podcast out. But anyway, let's talk about the, the social media just a second. Man, that thing has grown leaps and bounds. Sometimes when I jump on some of your Facebook lives, I don't even know how you know I jump on. I mean, it may be 7,000 people watching you. It <laughs> it's, been, it's been wide open here lately. Uh, I don't know what happened. I, know, I do know this. I told God one time, I said, we got to do something. I need some help. I really need to blow up and make maybe just a couple dollars or we need to steady up and slow down. And, and uh, me and God had to talk about it. And I tell you, it was like the next week something happened. I had a video go like two million views, and then I gained like sixty thousand followers off one video. And I was like, "Well, Lord, I'm gonna do the best I can." <laughs> so we're just still rolling with it. <laughs> I didn't. Know. I was like looking for an extra hundred people. I didn't really know I was gonna get sixty thousand people. So uh, just just gotta keep it rolling. But the main thing is that positivity, man. Just keep that positivity uplifted. And uh, if there's anything that can go wrong or dramatic. With somebody, it'll happen to me, and I just keep that smile. But I believe the Lord. That's why He give me them big teeth. You know, I can hide all that. I can hide all that stuff that don't go good right behind them. So I don't. They don't let it out too much. But yeah, it's blown up, man. It, I think that the reason that is it is so successful, what you're doing, is because you're just talking about normal everyday things, but you put a great spin on it. That's right. That's, that's, it's being positive, man. There's a lot of people that just have a lot of things. Just relate, I guess, relating to people. That's it. You just relate to them. Everybody's broke. Everybody don't have things go good for them. Everybody has things that do go good for them, and we just tell it in a story, whether it be relationships or hunting or, or I don't fish, but I can tell you fishing stories that, that went wrong, you know, or coon hunts and stuff like that. But it's just relatable. Well, one of one of the things going on right now. And we'll, we'll go back to the main topic at hand uh, sometime. Yeah. But one of, the, one of the things that you've been talking a lot about is dating. You, you've kind of yeah. got back into the dating world, not because you wanted to, but out of necessity. But, yeah, that's right. We'll that's cover, right. We'll, um, look, we're, that's what we want to do with this podcast. We want to – even though it's most mostly hunting industry people, we want to utilize it to inspire people, make them better. That's right. That's, all all, that's all right. of us go through a tough time or 
we have a great story that can inspire others. But oh yeah, I, talk about I mean, I did a story about a chicken sandwich today, and it related to eight thousand people at lunchtime. So, you know. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I don't want to go in depth of of uh, because you kind of talked about it last time that you were on the podcast back in the spring. You told what was going on in your life, and that's right. But I was talking to you when I called you to ask you. I was on my way to Oklahoma. I'll never forget it. I said, I called you. I said, David, look, I really think the missing part of your growing brand is is a podcast. And right. I, I think that you could help me and I could help you help grow the Yacht Yacht brand, you being a part of this podcast. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll do it. And then, God. so after after we left that topic, you, you said, you, you know, I've kind of got back into the dating scene. I said, yeah, I've been watching your Facebook lives. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's it's been fun. It's I mean, you know, I'm still I'm still dating the same old girl, but uh, you know, that for a minute it was it was a little a little uh, out of my element because I'm a, you know I'm a goober with a gobble, you know, and and uh, so it was a little weird. I'm a very awkward person. <laughs> But uh, I, I seem to have a, a good girl now, so we'll, we'll see how long she'll keep me through next week or not. So I got to ask you this, though. I, I got to ask you this, y'all. Before yeah. you started dating her, you're you're a you're a big deal. What, what was it like being a single man and being a big deal? No, man, man. I don't know, man. These people just take. I didn't even know how to handle conversation. <laughs> They'd be like, "Hey, you want to go out to eat?" I'm like, "Like, like together? <laughs> you want to go with me?" <laughs> but just, that's, so I, I don't know. It's just I, I'm very, I keep to myself. So I mean, it really, you know, there's a lot of people. You know, I tell you, I don't know how to explain. I want to be humble about it, but I mean, I had a lot of messages, but I just don't fool with nobody. Like I said, I ain't ever had, I ain't ever had four girlfriends, and two of them didn't even know I was dating them. So, <laughs> I just, you know. I didn't know how to go about all that. Uh, if it wouldn't be for this girl telling me she could hit that Kiki run, you know, I probably would. I might not look her up, but she she had something that I was interested in. That's you know, I like turkeys and she Kiki run. I gobbled up. We meet up in the middle of an old oak tree somewhere. Yo, I gotta ask you this though. Dating has changed. I, I'm I'm. Let's see. How, let me figure it out real quick. I am 25 years. Past dating now, uh, I, right. I, I hadn't dated in that long. It's changed a lot, you know. Dude. For it's not like back when we were in high school. Oh no, no! In high school, I mean, you just you walked when we was going. You went to the lunch room and you tried to sit close to the same table a girl was at at the lunch room, and then the next day you tried to sit a little bit closer and. You know, in the next in the next day, I mean, I'm spilling my food on her to get to get her to notice me. But other than that, now, man, they got stuff like Snapchat. Man, I, I my brother and them told me get that Snapchat. Said, man, you get that Snapchat, you ain't got to give them girls your number. You know, and that way, if it don't work out, just move on. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get off that quick. <laughs> uh, they, there's too much sending. Uh, it ain't the number either. So I said, no, that ain't for me, man. I can't. Can't deal with that. So it's a lot different, man. People are just so open. And I remember, like, when I was a kid—not a kid—when I was older, and I would be like, people met on the internet, you know. And that's the way people do it now. That's interacting, you know. It's hey, you want to go out here and go out here, and you know, used to, you know, you had to see if you in our town, you had to make sure you was at least, uh, you know, above the fourth cousin because everybody kin in the same town. You and you had to move out of town a little bit to get go find a date, but. Internet, that internet has, has changed the world on dating, and, and I wasn't ready for it. You know, I was 18 years out of dating and uh, and then trying to get back in it, and uh, it just it just ain't the same. I think that it is, I go to restaurants now. Well, hold on, let me say this. Coming up in just a minute is The Call Maker with Josh Raggio. We're going to start on Chapter 1 with Josh Reggio here in just a minute, but he, he'll come up right after uh, y'all, y'all and I finish up here in just a few minutes. But what I was going to say, David, is you go to restaurants now. 
mm-hmm. can remember some of the greatest moments of my life as a kid was sitting around a dinner table, whether that be in a restaurant, whether that was at home. Um, it was rare that we did not sit around our small kitchen bar or a table at every meal. And that's where you right. talked about the day's happenings. What happened that day? You know, the life yeah. lesson that your mom and daddy taught you, you, know, you tell them what happened that day. All right, this is how you handle that tomorrow. You know, you go in a restaurant and you see a family sitting around a table now. All of them, you can't see me right now, but I'm doing the, the smartphone. Oh, you're looking at your phone. That's right. Yeah. You're looking at the phone. Yeah, that's right. Heads are down, and we try to catch it. I catch me and my kid doing a lot. You know, we're trying to spend time together, and he's looking at his phone. I'm looking at mine, and then every now and again, we'll be like, just put them down. I mean, you just get in the habit of texting and and, and our, our, like you said, Snapchat and our Facebook and and uh, you know, I was never one to really Facebook until this happened. So uh, for me, and it's it's just trying to keep up with notifications. And next thing you know, you're interacting with people in the world, but you're you're overlooking the people that sit right next to you, you know, and, and sometimes we just take granted for what we got right there in front of us. Yeah, man. And I, I think that that is why that we see so many couples getting divorces and messing around on each other because it, it's so accessible that, you know, you, That's you, right. in the old days, you had to kick somebody off the party line to be able to call somebody else if you wanted to. you're fighting are you fighting over or the guys are together pushing and shoving trying to get to a girl now you can go out with a a guy and a girl can go out and next thing you know your buddy can be texting everyone on the way home you know there's no there's no you know it's just it's so easy to get caught up in and mess and drama and shoot but like I said, I don't, I don't found one now. She kicked me to the curb. It's, it's over with for the women. I don't want to see none of them. <laughs> you got a good, good one, man. Oh, oh yeah, she's been good to me now. I, I believe it. Like I said, she cooked, man. The other day, let me tell you. The other day, I was sleeping. I was taking a nap. So I go down to her place. I love just going down there to relax. Because when I'm in town, I stay just as busy as she does at her house. So I've taken a nap about two hours. You know, not a long one. I usually like about a three or four hour nap. But about a two hour nap. And, man, it was hot outside, and I woke up sweating on the couch, and I was like, baby, why is it so hot in here? And she was like, well, baby, I've been over this stove, been cooking this meal for two hours, done heat it up in here. I said, oh, well, my bad. I'm going to go out and lay by the pool and cool off. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell her how I got it. And then she done cooked me a five-course meal. <laughs> man, and you can't, can't find me like that anymore. No, that's what I was just fixing to say. Man, that's a rare deal. Oh, yeah. And you can't, and if you want to date, a guy like me ain't got no money. So if you want to date, you know, if you were dating several women, well, it's it going to break you. You can't afford to take all these women out, you know. So, shoot, I just soon sit at the house and drink my milk and lick on my ice cream cone <laughs> if I can't, if, if I got to worry about trying to impress a bunch of women. So, I got it. I, I I like where I'm at right there. I don't believe nothing's going to change unless, you know, she puts her, her kicking boots on. The dating pool can't be that much better. At, at How old are you, y'all? Y'all 35? I'll, 30? be, I'll, be, uh, I'll be 40 next week, man. Jeez, you're young, 40. Dude, well, you look young. Lo- well, Lord, give me a good set of teeth. So... <laughs> You cover up, you cover up them, you cover up them wrinkles and that ugly with the, when they when they distract. It's like a magician, man. You know, he's moving his left hand, doing something with his right hand. As long as I'm smiling, they can't see all that ugly on that. They see that pretty smile. Man, it's, it, 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 man, the dating pool at forty's got to be like fishing behind a bunch of uh of gosh, Ooh, you know, pros. Yeah, you just got to bring that dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> You got to come out of that dynamite and clean up the bottom. Uh, what's the, the dang, y'all, y'all? What's the people that live in between you and I? What's the the people that still ride in the carriages? What's what's the term? What are the not Quakers and they're not Mennonites? They're everything uh, in the dang now. You got, you got Mormons, Amish, Mennonites. Amish, Amish, Amish. Let me tell you something real quick, y'all, y'all. So the guy that I turkey hunt on, the one I've been trying, the place where I've been trying to beg you to come up and go with me at right. um, up there just south of Pontotoc. He's got a bunch of Amish people that 
that that live around him. Anyway, little Amish boy pulls up to his tractor shed and says, uh, "Mr. Mr. Mike, can we, can I can I please go catch a couple of fish for for dinner?" And 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 Mike's been fooling with the Amish people a long time. They they will they'll take advantage of a situation sometimes. And he said, "Man, go on out there and catch you you and your family a few fish out of the pond. That'd be I don't have a problem with it at all." So he right. runs back to Pontotoc to pick up some parts for a tractor, and he comes back and man, it is carriages lined up like it's like a college football game going on around <laughs> this pond. That little boy had gotten permission and let every every Amish in the community know about it. Now out there, look, they got rod and reels, they got cane poles, they got cast nets they're throwing out there trying to stain <laughs> in the pond, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, that's why I was saying it's like it's about like fishing. Dating at forty's got to be a like fishing behind the Amish. Oh yeah, well, it is. It, 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 I got lucky. I ain't gonna lie to that. I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, that's like I just it's just too much work, man. I mean, a girl would call or you think you go meet somebody, it's just a lot of work and then they don't work out and then the next person and they think that you they're supposed to meet who who they see on social media, you know, and you can't sit up in a girl's face and be like, you know, gobbling up in her face, you know. But you know, you just <laughs> They're like, you're not who I thought you were. I mean, what do you mean? I can't be, you know, I don't have that energy, you know, 24-7, you know, but, or just you go spend a $40 meal or a $60 meal. Some of them might be good. <laughs> but that's all me and my girl do now. We just we just date. We just go eat, go back, lay up, watch TV, and carry on, you She's know. She's hunter, though, uh, right? Oh, yeah, man, that girl kills. She kills turkeys better than I can, you know. She she gon she gon she takes care of Alabama. I take care of Mississippi. We're gonna meet in somewhere between in, in between somewhere. But she kills deer, like slaughters them turkeys. So uh, she thinks her calling skills are better than mine. But you know, I mean, I ain't gonna just argue with her. I don't need to start no fight about who you know me being better. <laughs> you know, somebody was asking me the other day. See if you agree with this. Somebody was asking me the other day. Um. What does it take to grow a brand on social media? Personal, not like a like a like a personal brand like you're like you've done with y'all, y'all. And the the only common theme that I can come up with with the people that have really made it, kind of doing in the same realm, but a different industry, is man, they are smiling and laughing the whole time that they're doing stuff. That's right. No videos. I'm gonna tell. You. That's right. I mean, it's it's the positivity, and I see it. And 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 people, you know, I've had people like me. I mean, I struggle just like everybody else, and I get a hundred to three hundred messages a week, if not more. Uh, and then people telling me about their lives, and it's and it's a struggle out there. So anytime I think I'm having a struggle, and I may speak of it, I'm going through this, and I'm I show the positivity part of it, and then they send they're doing this. You know, people with with you know colon cancer, breast cancer, uh, people that are actually dying, and and, and I'm like. I'm over here complaining about stomping my toe or something like that, you know. But it's the positivity. People are always smiling. Uh, people need uplifting. You know, if you see on social media people complaining and talking about this, ain't, don't nobody want to hear that. Really, don't nobody want to hear about your problems. I mean, that's the reality of what we're in in this life. We're going to pray for you, and we're going to try to help you best we can, but they don't want to see it. But what people do want to see is knowing that there's positivity and there's light at the end of a tunnel some way. They just need to hear it and rather it be a comfortable way like I do or somebody smart like Will Primos or, or, or something or, you know, Jim Chalky, somebody that, you know, that's more known than I am. They just need to hear it from somebody. But I'm telling you, good teeth and a good positivity, I mean, that'll win anybody over just if, if they got a good attitude. <laughs> uh, man, I'm telling you if, you, if you really look at it, the people that are getting a lot of views kind of doing, like I said, same thing you're doing, it's it's a lot of laughing involved. It's it's just That's telling right. stories, being able to laugh at yourself. Hey, before I let you go, what video was yeah. it that went so crazy that you picked up that many followers? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was that it was the dating video uh, when I went out with Lindsay uh, for the first night and uh, just had so many awkward things that happened, you know, between, she, you know, she had a truck, we got those roll-out steps, so you step up in a truck, I didn't know it, 
and and that dang thing kicked out, hit me in my knee, hit me in my shin, and took my feet out. Well, I mean, I hit down, cut, cut, <laughs> cut my uh everything off. How do you? I'm getting a call. How do you do that? Anyway, uh, so I don't know if that's beeping on your end, uh, Rocky, but I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Okay. All right, but anyway, uh, yeah, she had an old jacked-up four-wheel drive truck, and I opened up the door, and, you know, so jacked up, you got to take a break. you got to take a breath to get up, grab the, you know, the uh, old crap handle and pull yourself up when it, I grabbed And that them dang steps come out, slap me in my shin, and I hit the ground, scuffed my knees up. And, uh, man, it was just awkward, man, you know, sitting up in there. Then we go to eat at this place, and I'm looking around, and, you know, I never forgot to uh, – uh, check my debit card because my debit card is you get about two hours out of my town it'll decline it you know like a frog because you know I don't ever get to go nowhere so they'd be like this, this fool ain't no went over there you ain't got no gas money to go that far you know so <laughs> we go up there I mean the girl we all, she's like what you want to eat and I was like the moisture is what I want I don't want none of them that's what I want so sit there you know, she's a good old girl, so she likes to pray over every meal. And I was like, she, she prayed a little bit. She said, you got anything, you know, you want to pray about? I said, Lord. I said, if you'll, uh, I said, I forgot to check my debit card balance before I left town. If you'll let this card slide good, I'll pay you back on Sunday. She didn't know. Yeah, it was rough. And, you know, I was going to stay at her house, you know, and. And, I, you know, I stay in the other room or whatever. You know, I'd be respectful, you know, because, like I said, I'm already awkward enough as it is. And she come in there, and she's like, "Yeah, take these little pills right here, and this get you ready for the night. You know, and they little blue pills. And I kind of looked at them, and I thought, okay. She said, well, I'm going you one, but I'm going to leave another one on the counter if, if you think you need another one. I said, okay. I said, all right. She said, well, I'm going to go ahead and get to bed. I said, all right. I said, any which way, I laid over on the couch for a minute, get my thoughts in my head. I was like, man, is this really happening? I mean, this is like a first date. I ain't 18 years. I don't know what I'm going to, you know, next thing I know. Shoot, I, I was licking around that ice cream cone, you know, trying to finish it up. Next thing I know, man, I, done, I woke up. She didn't give me time all PM. Hell, I was drooling. <laughs> the dog was licking my ice cream. <laughs> she didn't make sure it wasn't going to go on. <laughs> she didn't give me the time all PM. I, yeah. Anyway, the oh, on the little group. Killing me, man. Killing me, but she's a good old girl, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, my Lord, man. Yeah, it's rough, man. It's rough. It's rough, man. Everybody got tickled. But it was, I think that video got about two, two and a half million views, you know. I, I told, It was like an eight-minute video by the time I got through telling it, from being, being tickled to, you know, just trying to tell everything that went on for that date. And it, and it just blew up, and people just related because there's so many awkward people out there or awkward situations that's going on first dates and, and, and stuff like that that, uh, you know, it's just relatable, you know, tripping and falling, spilling food, debit cards get declined on first dates and, uh I mean, I don't know how many people got their shins knocked out under them by a full, jacked up four-wheel drive truck, you know, but uh, it had me sweat. <laughs> anyway, now, but it's been a good ride. Now, speaking of, hey, speaking of fraud next week, we, I want to talk a little bit about your, your page getting hacked. Because, you know, that oh, happened to all of us on, on Facebook. Yeah. Because uh, you stayed up until you passed out on your computer trying to get your, your Yacht Yacht page back, yeah. correct? Yeah. Man, I stayed up, man. It was rough, man. And I didn't have a problem with it being hacked. I had a problem with it. The hackers hacked in and was asking for money, and it made it look like asking I was Asking for hacked. money? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like, like it was me. I'm like, man, you're already talking dollars. You're already, yeah, you're already talking about in your Facebook Live videos, you're trying to find the house to move to because you're selling your house. And then you, the hacker takes over your page and is asking uh, your people that's liked your page yeah. for money. Yeah. I'm like, hey, if they're going to ask for $10, I got 170,000 followers. Should, I want some money if we're going to get it. I don't want kind of, them to move into a camper. <laughs> I want to be sitting on a shoe. We got some special things coming and, 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 and other things, you know, talking about comedy and stuff like that. My reach, the supporters, I'll say one more thing because I don't know how much time we got, but the supporters are so, such good supporters that I called out a comedian the other night that's going to be in my town, close to my town, and we got some big news coming just because the support is so big and called them out and looking. So, me and a comedian has got something going on. So, uh, that's going to be huge. So, got to be ready. But they told me, the management team told me I can't release any information until after 
to, to lay contact with all the information in September. So it's going to be huge. You know, not many people can just go out there and call out somebody that's, you know, got a million and a half in act view, uh, followers and an actor and a comedian and, uh, and the supporters just, you know, I was doing something goofy and it got so big that, uh, the management team called like, we want you to do something. So, uh, you never know, man. God opens doors every day. And, uh, you know, I just got to make sure I pull the door. If it says pull and don't push it, <laughs> you know, I'm bad about that. I push on the door all day long. <laughs> You're supposed to pull on. <laughs> well, man, I've enjoyed it. It's been a great opening episode with you, y'all. y'all. I knew it was going. It looks yeah. it's going to be it's going to be fun every week. Something, oh, we're going to get better. Hey, with you money, bud. It's always something. Look, it's going to get better. Like I said, uh, we'll have to do something during lunch when I'm not as tired in the evening. And we got so many stories coming. We're just getting everybody a little introduction. You know, like I said, I'm just a goober with a gobble trying to spread just a little bit of gospel. Y'all stay with us. Keep following. Keep hanging with us. Jesus loves you and God bless. All right, y'all. We will see you. I guess I'll see you next Wednesday or probably Tuesday. We were probably recorded on Tuesday, uh, released on Wednesday. But y'all, I appreciate it. But guys, coming up, Josh Raggio, the call maker, is coming up right now. Before we get to Josh Raggio, this part of the broadcast is brought to you by. Toe Tags LLC. Toe Tags were developed to help you, the hunter, easily and conveniently tag your waterfowl. And it puts you in compliance with the Federal Migratory Game Bird Treaty Act of 1918. Now, most of you heard Ryan Warden over the past couple of months in his podcast series. Ryan went through a lot of troubling times developed these tags because that was one of the main things that he got in trouble for so i know a lot of people are looking for them if you're if you need some for this upcoming season you can find them at ducksouth.myshopify.com but now we bring in the call maker you like that name josh the call maker yeah I mean, yeah, it's what I what I do. I kind of, uh, as David joined me and we recorded the opening for this podcast episode yesterday, I, I you know, I hadn't talked to you about a title. That's something you, I usually discuss with people uh, a week or so out, and we try to come up with a good, catchy name. But I like the call maker. Hey, man, I'm good with it. You're good with it. It's literally, I mean, it's it's what I do seven days a week, you know. So I guess I am a call maker. How you doing, Rocky? Man, I gotta I gotta commend you on these podcasts over the past few months. Um, the last ones have been extremely entertaining and educational at the same time. And those guys just did a fantastic job. So thanks for doing that for all the listeners and and put that information out there. Sure I appreciate it. Digested. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. A lot of a lot of people listening to the the Jeff Foyle series and then the the Warden series with Ryan Warden and the huge response, huge response to the, those uh, two different podcasts. I'm sure. And, and we've had the conversation before on the educational side of that. And it just seems like there's so much gray area that those stories helped bring to light, I guess. If that makes sense. You know, so it definitely made me step back and look at how I hunt and how I handle all those Small things that are actually really big things, obviously, after listening to those stories, uh, you know, in the future or from here on out. But the bottom line is we want to enjoy our sport. We want to enjoy it within, you know, within the rules mainly. And it's so much to digest as the specifications of what exactly is do you have, do you need to do in this situation, in this situation, in this situation. And it's it's just going to take some 
I mean, it's, it's, it's all an educational process and we, and it's up to us to get it right and do it right. Um, you know, I, and I speak for my hunting group, we're, you know, we're going to do that. Um, we feel like we've done it in the past, but we will certainly look a lot harder and make sure we're, you know, always in compliance from here on out and continue to be. This is scary. Well, you know, oh, I mean, it, it is. is. I mean, look at what those guys went through. It's a, it's a, it's a serious, serious deal. And, um, you know, I mean, a lot of guys have a lot to lose and certainly don't want that to happen. Breaking away from the tagging, what's happening at Raggio Custom Calls? Oh, man. Thankfully, a lot. I've got a lot of irons in the fire. And they're all very good things. Um, sometimes I don't know if I'm coming or going, and I get caught up, Rocky, sometimes in this shop, and, and I don't step back and look at it from the outside. And, you know, I, I, it's different stresses than I used to have. Um, there's still stress, obviously. But I'll tell you, I absolutely love it. And to be able to walk out of my house and walk 20 feet to work and uh, do what I really love to do, it's, uh, and we'll get into a lot of the details of what is going on, I'm sure, later. But, man, it's just so good. It's just been a breath of fresh air for the past year, year and a few months, however long it's been. So um, really excited to tell you all about some things that are coming out very soon, very soon. You and the mobile shop and Edward are headed to Dallas this weekend, right? We are. We're pulling out tomorrow, or t- we're pulling out Thursday. I don't even know what day it is. That's you know, it's such a great thing. Like I don't even, I don't know what time it is. I don't know what day it is, and it's that's such a good feeling sometimes. But yeah, we are going to Dallas uh, Thursday, and we'll be there. We'll be coming home next Monday, and. It's a, it's a it's going to be a really special trip to say the least. Um, I've, I've, I have a mutual friend that's bought some calls from me from Texas, and he's a dog trainer. And he also trains the Joneses, uh, Jerry Jones, or Stephen Jones, uh, those guys. He trains their labs, so he's really good friends with them. Um, really good friends. The head chef for the for the Cowboys uh, is a huge duck hunter. And so, yeah, he connected me with them, and uh, we're going to head to the Star in Dallas, the practice facility and the kind of the headquarters offices uh, for the Cowboys. And I'm going to make calls Friday, uh, Friday and Saturday. And so, and then we're going to do a dove hunt Sunday afternoon. So, who are you making the calls for? Well, I'm taking, I've got to take seven or eight with me that are, uh, that somebody's already committed to, and then. Uh, I think Friday is is Jones Day. I think Jerry and Steven and Jerry Jr. are going to come down and pick out whatever they'd like, and I'll I'll get theirs done Friday. And then there's some other folks. There's three others Saturday that will come down and and you know kind of go through that same process. That that star has you can you can be a member. You know, it's kind of a club, I think. Um, Right. And so they they put it out there to all those members, kind of what was going on and. I'm excited. I have a feeling it's going to be extremely busy um, from can to can't, but I can't wait. And I'll be honest, I, I am a, I'm a little little bit nervous, and I don't get nervous typically with anything surrounding a duck call. But it's a pretty cool opportunity. That that's got to just be overwhelming. Well, that's what, what I what I meant about that comment earlier about just kind of getting you know, sucked into the shop really. And, and sometimes you got to step outside of the bubble and look from the outside in and really recognize some of the, the just really good, cool things that are going on, you know, essentially with a one man show and, you know, and, and making duck calls. But yeah. Whoever would have thought that I, that this would be happening. I mean, it's, it's a pinch yourself kind of moment for sure. But, you know, I made them three calls it was last year, year before, this this same guy <clears throat> had uh, purchased purchased three for them. So, uh, but I've never met him. You know, he handed he he delivered them to him, and um, 
that was back when Jerry Jones's grandson graduated and was headed to Arkansas. And he's a quarterback there now. And so those were themed more for Arkansas because uh, I think Jerry, Stephen, and I think his name is John Stephen, the grandson, they all three have now played at Arkansas. So they had their numbers on, you know, engraved on the boxes, and they were kind of a red and a white color call. So, so, yeah, this is kind of an extension of that. Uh, but to actually get to go over there, man, shoot, it is a little overwhelming, but I'm excited. I'm just going to go do my thing. You know, we came in today with a plan about exactly what we were going to talk about. I'll throw you a curveball. We're changing it. <laughs> we hadn't hit the plan yet, it. so that's fast. I, I want to cover this because I think this is a great place to start. You made a post the other day. You wrote a a blog post about the wall. To me, ever since I've been coming to your shop, I think that is one of the coolest things out of – out of everything that's in the Raggio call shop is the wall. Everybody that fits the Raggio call shop, you sign the wall. Let's walk through that blog post that you made the other day. Yes. Get on the main points. I'll, I'll back up just a little bit and cover the why and, and the how. So I went to, I visited, I, love, I play the guitar. I strum the guitar. I'm not a guitar player. Um, I love playing the guitar. Kind of on my breaks in between making calls. And so I was in Memphis one day and, and decided to, to walk through, do the Gibson guitar factory tour. I had some time to kill. When I walked, um, when I, when you, when you're walking in to the factory, there's a long hallway and there's some guitars hanging on it, or it was back then. And, and there's signatures on the wall from all these artists, um, that, that come through and that play Gibson. And, and it really, for some reason, it just really caught my eye that these people were leaving their mark, you know, on this wall at the factory where their instrument was made that they play. And so we went through the tour and it was, it was really cool tour. We get to the end and then they have this huge board that they actually let us sign and kind of leave our mark at the, the guitar factory. And when, and so when I, when I got home, it was it was in that time period where we had just purchased this house with a shop, and actually Edward was helping me put up all this pallet wood uh, on the walls, and and I stared at this one wall and just thought, man, that would be the perfect spot for people that come in and come visit to sign it and to leave their mark, and that way I'll always can look back. And, and I can stare at that wall for for a long time and just look at signatures and I'll see a signature and I remember exactly the stories that were told when that person was here. But it related a lot to the guitar factory because essentially when you come here, you know, you're coming to the place where your instrument, your duck call was being made. And I just wanted people to leave their mark. And, you know, so it's extremely special to me First of all, that people take time out of their schedule to come visit, um, you know, whether they're, they're my next door neighbors or, you know, flying in from across the country and they do that. And it's extremely humbling for me when people, when somebody does that, but just to be able to look at it and see those stories and some people just signed and you know, some people have drawn murals and, and, you know, I, I try to get them to date it. And some people write quotes on there and, and, and just nice little sayings about, you know, their experience here. And so it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to put into words, Rocky, what, I mean, that, that wall and all those signatures, man, I mean, if it, I wish it had a record button so I could play all the stories, all those signatures, you know? There's one thing that I can say about you. When you become a friend to the Raggio family, I want everybody to listen to this. When they welcome you in, you have a you become part of their family, and it's almost that wall is a sense of community or family of people that buy your calls, people that are, are part of your life. You know, I'll never forget the first time when I signed it. 
or the only time I signed it. But I, after I signed it, I just stepped back. I was reading through all the names to see how many people, of course, that I knew. And you just felt like you were a part of something. And we're really, really going to talk about being a part of something. When I talk about, when Josh and I talk about that first time that I was there and he made uh, a call, the the Duck South custom call that traveled around last year. You talk about becoming a part of something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. You know, when I, when I make a call and I send it out, you know, 95% of the calls I make get mailed. You know, people just can't get here um, to pick it up in person. And I get that. That's fine. So I really felt a strong, when you open the box, the mailing box, I want you to, to feel an experience. And, and feel like you were part of something when you open that box. And so when you open it, obviously the call is there and it's in a, it's in a box that has some handwritten things inside of it. But there's also, you know, a pamphlet that, you know, is, is a thank you and an invite to the shop to come sign the wall. But I started doing something last year. I, I put a journal entry card, uh, with a return envelope in it. And basically all I ask is that you record one experience with your call, whether it be, you know, showing it to somebody at your house or a hunt or whatever, whatever you're, you can think of and want to write about and mail it back into me. And they started coming back really towards the middle of duck season last year, I guess. And some of the stories that I've, you know, have been fortunate enough to read that somebody took the time to actually stop and write about a hunt or that experience. They're incredible. Um, one guy sent one back. He was actually a guide, or he is a guide. And he had bought a few calls from me, and I got this one back. This was, this was just a couple of months ago, actually. But he had a, a customer last year. It was a father-son. He could tell when they got there that something wasn't quite right with the father. Um, he looked sick. He was he was feeble. By the end of the hunt, they had become friends, obviously. And the father had shared with him that he had just been diagnosed with cancer. And that they weren't sure, but it was not a very good prognosis. Well, he found out a few weeks after that hunt that... Uh, that the father had passed away. But while they were there, the dad said, I wanted one more experience with my son. And, and we just, we chose to duck hunt together. That's what he wanted. That's what I wanted. And so, man, to get for somebody to take the time to tell me that story, because it surrounded a call that I made. That's what the guide was using. I mean, to get something like that, that's, that's a that's being a part of something. He made me a part of his experience and a part of his hunt and a part of his life, quite frankly, by telling me that story. And so those are the type of things that, that I try to create when you when you say be a part of something, you know, I don't have a pro staff. You know, that that's not kind of my deal. I can say if you if you buy a call from me, you don't have to sign up to be on the pro staff. You're it. You know? You you're you're part of the, the Raggio way at that point. All the cool ideas that go through your mind, it, it, it amazes me that the thought, you're, you're always thinking in detail, and you're always thinking about the traditional aspect of waterfowling. You know, I, I'll never forget asking you the uh, last time I was there, it was a hammer on the wall. Yeah, so I have had two special hammers. That's one, um, and it's got a leather handle. So the idea is your your handprint over time will eventually form into that into the handle of that hammer. <clears throat> so right. when you pass it down, you know your son or your daughter. I mean, they essentially when they hold that, when they grip it, they're essentially, you know, gripping dad's hand. Um, 
the other the other hammer I have sitting here on my workbench was my great grandfather's uh, pack or shoot, uh, horseshoe and hammer, and you know it's about to fall apart. But to to have those type things hanging in my shop, yeah, that that means way more to me than a than a Home Depot hammer. Uh, I think very nostalgic. I think that's just how my brain is, and and detail oriented, like you mentioned. But it's always in a sense of uh, creating stories and creating tradition or keeping traditions alive, um, you know, through new ideas. How do you sell your calls now? You know, because there for a while you would make a call, put it up on social media, and it'd be gone just like that. And it's gone quickly as soon as you made the post. I guess what I'm saying is, how do people, do they go about setting an appointment up with you to, you know, hey, I want to come down next week. I want to make, you know, be, I want to have a call made by you. Yeah. We're, I mean, I know that you're selling a lot through Wilson. It's I'm, not I'm a lot. My mind. A, yeah, they're, they're very limited runs of calls through Filson. But, no, you know, I've been very fortunate. I don't know how much into the, the duck call story you want to get into, but early on when I first started, I never really, I, I didn't actually ever plan on selling a duck call. It wasn't really in my thought process. And, you know, some very cool things happened that first year and all of a sudden people did want to buy them. And, you know, as you know, it was basically a hobby at that point. You know, So I would take a few orders and just kind of get them made as I could well, it got to the point where a few orders was like a year of orders and, and it never, it just, it never really stopped. And so when I got into it full time, you know, at that point I had, I had a lot of calls to make. I had a stack of orders on my desk and that obviously went into part of the decision of going into it full time, but it just seems like I'm perpetually behind. I've never, ever been called up since day one on quote-unquote orders i've never been at even nothing no calls to make for someone so i've been very fortunate but to answer your question last year i did open the books for about two days all i did was i, I didn't post the books are open now and taking orders i just deleted the on my instagram page it says right now books are closed i deleted that I'll tell you, people pay attention to those type things because all of a sudden, in two days, I got another year's worth of orders. And so, wow, I've had to shut. Yeah, and that was last. Uh, that was early fall of last year. You know, and I'm still working on them. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm way behind. I, I made the mistake of trying to forecast back then when calls would be done and. You know, I, I told guys, you know, May or June, well, those are the calls I'm working on right now in end of July and August. So that's 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 been tough to try to forecast. Um, so right now, honestly, Rocky, like it, it, I don't, I don't, I can't take, I can't take any more orders because of the work that I have in front of me right now. Now that's going to change. I'm blowing through those as quickly as possible. Um, to try to get to October, November timeframe and possibly be able to take some more orders for 2020. Um, but as far as here, here's how you get to the front of the line. If you come to my shop, you're going to get a duck call. If you, if you can take the time out of your schedule to come here, you're going to get a call. If you have the time to sit and wait on it uh, and watch it be made, pick out your wood, go through that whole process, that's how you get to the front of the list. And that's not a secret. I mean, that's pretty much everybody knows that now. Uh, so, I, you know, I do. I take appointments and, um, you know, tell you the best places to stay and, and that type thing. And, you know, we'll hang out for half a day or a day, whatever it takes to get that call made. But try working towards taking more orders towards the end of the fall, right before duck season, hopefully. It is worth, <clears throat> excuse me, it is worth the trip. 
no matter where you have to drive from, it's worth it. Thanks. I mean, you know, I've, I've put a ton of thought and effort into making the shop, first of all, you know, very comfortable and inviting for people to come. A lot of times people see pics on that I post and, you know, I'll get comments about a clean shop or, you know, you must have spent half a day cleaning before you took that picture. And that's, that's really not the truth. I can't work in a dirty environment. I'm just not productive. And so if you see a picture of a clean shop on Instagram, it, it pretty much stays that way throughout, uh, well, all the time. Well, I, I'm glad that we talked about the shop today. I think that that is uh, a great way to open this series. I think that that shop explains, passing through Mississippi, go by there, stop in in Raymond, and 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 see Josh, see his shop. Just want to know who Josh Raggio is, man. Just walk around the shop, talk to him for a little while. You'll find out exactly who he is. But you're gonna find out everything you need to know in the next few episodes. Like I said, <laughs> no, Josh, saying, uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, I threw you a curveball, but I think that that was the best way to open this series. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I, I mean, I, I spend a whole bunch of hours out here every day and. I like talking about, like I said, I've put a ton of time and effort into this thing to make it where people do want to come. And when they come, they actually enjoy it. You know, we didn't mention the front room, kind of the quote unquote showroom. Like, you know, I have a couple hundred calls on display. You know, my dad's old hunting journal from the seventies, uh, some of these baseball players, bats, handles that they've signed that I've turned, you know, into calls different. If you're a waterfowler, you could spend four hours in this front room. And we still wouldn't cover everything. Um, there's just so much to look at and take in. It's the stories behind some of the calls I have and some of the, you know, decoys and memorabilia. It's just really cool stuff if, if that's what you're into. And we'll we'll cover a lot of that next week. We are going to find out who you are. We're going to talk about those foundational principles of what made you who you are today. Cool. You know, I mean, what was instilled yeah. in you? Yeah. Yeah. Be glad to. Got some cool stories that go along with that. Look forward to it. Yeah. Well, Josh, I have enjoyed it. Enjoyed the kind of the first chapter into the call maker. We will see you again next week. Have fun out in Dallas. Uh, yes, sir. Make- I can't wait to see how it goes. I'll tell you about it. May, Edward may come back with his pinky held up in the air. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put a leash on him or something. Or I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe that's why I'm nervous because I'm taking Edward with me. <laughs> you know that everybody weird. that hangs out with Edward Wall, they have a great story. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could write a book. I could write them. All right, Josh. Thank you, man. Have a great Labor Day weekend. We want to thank all of you that listened to this edition of the End of the Line podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. <laughs>